Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Soba Sisters, the podcast. Super, super excited here to have my best friend, Kristen, with me in-house. We're right next to each other. And so we're going to just do this thing. I'm really excited because Kristen has seen me through it all. Uh, I'll just back up a little bit. Um, I was 20 years old when I moved to Boston, Massachusetts, and I started working at the Halfway Cafe. That was our little uh, local watering hole. And um, and so Kristen and I worked together. So, I mean, again, she's has seen me through it all from before I even had kids, um, before everything. So really, that was, tw- that was 20 years. So yeah. it has been 20 years because now I just turned 40 and I was 20. Do the math. So... Uh, I thought it would be cool to bring her in as somebody who's really seen the evolution of me from so young and just all the different stages of my life, you know, from before I had kids to when I had kids to before drinking was a problem to it being a problem and all those things. So like as an outsider, I figured this would be a really cool conversation. And um, so thank you, Kristen, for for being here. Thanks for having me, bud. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's definitely been my biggest, um, you know, cheerleader, I guess you could say, through it all. And I wish everybody could have a Kristen in their corner, really, because it's I definitely wouldn't be where I am today with without her guidance and support through through everything. Um, So thank you. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, Kristen. it's just funny it's like that we're sitting here today recording this next to each other. We talk every day. Um, a, million, a million times. Yeah, a million times a day on the phone. And so now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm speechless. Um, no, I'm not speechless. But so the cool thing about Kristen is she's a bartender that that doesn't drink. So maybe tell us some more about that, Kristen. Why don't you drink? Did you have a problem? And what is it like being a bartender who who doesn't drink? It's kind of funny. Um, I drank when I was a teenager, probably younger than you're supposed to. I drank from 15 to 20. And um, around 20, I was at a cake party down in the Cape in Massachusetts. And I had a situation with um, the football team at a party. And I just remember being like, um, alcohol doesn't bring out the best in me. This isn't a good situation. If I get out of here, I remember saying to God, if I just get out of here with no issues, I promise I'll stop drinking tomorrow. And it was right before I turned 21 and I stopped drinking and I'm a very social person. And then once I could go to clubs, I like to dance. So I didn't really miss alcohol. It wasn't like I really liked the taste of it. I used to just drink as a teenager to get fucked up, which is why you're probably not supposed to drink if you really go by any of the books, right? So um, then once I stopped drinking, it just became just the way I was. And then I started working in the service industry and, um, you know, that can be a really slippery slope if you're a bartender. Um, a lot of times it's like a couple of drinks after you get off of work. Sometimes you go back to somebody else's house and it can just be a really uh, not a very good lifestyle. So I was kind of lucky that I didn't drink and I just never really went back to it. Um, occasionally if there's a holiday or that's something I might have an occasional cocktail. But then I my husband always teases me because I'll take two sips and I normally don't even finish. He goes, why do you order drinks? So, But as a bartender, it's awkward because people always 
think that you drink or they're like, oh, which, what do you like? And you have to always go into like, well, I don't drink. And then they go, why don't you? Or, or sometimes they think that you have a problem. So it's, it's an interesting thing, but I try to make people feel comfortable if they don't drink and they're like, oh, I don't drink either, you know, because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable because alcohol is such a prevalence in our society. Right. Exactly. I love that. I mean, and I, I remember you always telling me too, like, I don't have a drink drinking problem. I have an attitude problem, <laughs> which is just so funny because yeah, your personality, like I couldn't imagine you actually drinking because you are somebody who is like naturally pretty high energy and just, yeah. And I think too, you, you talk about how it, um, just having like that mental clarity and maybe why you've made better decisions in your life than I have. Um, I mean, you've been married for a million years and you're just like an excellent mom and a hard worker and, and haven't made any like major, major life, you know, altering decisions. And probably a big part of that is, um, is because of the fact that you don't drink. Yeah, I, I kind of think, I think you and I used to say this when you were kind of going through your things and I was saying you like, I don't know, I kind of feel like when you're not a drinker, it's kind of a superpower. Like, like you, I think what it is, I think we spend a lot of time in society talking about um, accountability or, or, or like self-care or self-love and all these words that we throw around, right? Um, but a lot of times when there's alcohol involved, I know from listening to a lot of your podcasts and a lot of the stuff that you share and the facts that you share for people, um, it's a known fact that alcohol does change our chemical makeup. Um, it does make us make sometimes bad decisions or makes us kind of like, oh shit, what did I do last night? Or, oh my God, like I can't believe I, I had that extra glass of wine and I drove or whatever, like what people go through. And when you don't drink, you kind of have to like own your shit. Like there's, you don't have anything to blame. Like when you wake up the next day, if you were an asshole yesterday, you have to say, well, I was an asshole yesterday. What was going on in my <laughs> mind that made me act like that? So I think that's been a really good thing for me because in your twenties and thirties, you're trying to like, really you're experiencing life and you're learning all these things. And when you add alcohol to it, you know, sometimes you can be like, wow, that wasn't a really good choice to make last night. Or boy, that was a really dangerous place that I went to late night because it sounded like such a great idea. So I, I do think there is something that um, helps people with a little bit of clarity. And I think, I don't know if you've noticed it since you stopped drinking, we used to talk about it all the time, but don't you notice do you feel more of a clear mind and like how your decision making is a little bit easier? I mean, absolutely. For sure. I mean, I didn't know if I was coming or going half the time. I mean, you know, especially like at the end, I would, you never knew what you were going to get when you and I talked, like, was I going to be like depressed that day? Was I going to be like, what, you know, you just didn't know. And honestly, it was because my, I think my brain was just so affected from drinking and yeah. So now just having some more mental clarity. I mean, I'm still a little crazy, but I think just like, We're all crazy right. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent. So, but it is just more like, you know, not so many like highs and lows and up and down. It's just kind of like flatlining and in, in a good way. Um, so what I just, I'm curious too. So, cause it's been so long now that, that I've bartended. I mean, it's probably been 10 years since I retired that, job um do you get a lot of like couples that come in and like get in fights like if like they start out like all like like lovey-dovey and like normal and then all of a sudden by the end of the night they're like fighting or like I don't know <laughs> yes yes I mean I think that's what's kind of interesting too about being a bartender like I'm lucky that I work in um a bar that's kind of like a pub 
So it's got a little bit more, um, you know, you get family, you get people that are out like just having food. So sometimes no one's even drinking, which is kind of nice. Like I'm not in a place that everyone's just like, you know, pounding. So, but I do say that you do see sometimes couples get in a fight or the other person's drinking more than the other person. And the other person starts to get annoyed because you can kind of see the alcohol kind of creep up. Um, or it's really interesting just watching the dynamic of it and, uh, or just how people's personalities change. But one of the things that I think why I like being a bartender is I kind of feel like I have the opportunity to kind of interact with people so I can kind of get to know my customers and I can get to read people and I can kind of tell when someone's not in a good place and I can kind of try to help them emotionally and maybe turn their attitude around or maybe like slow them down. Like if someone's out, like, you know, like when you have a really, when you have your triggers and you're having a day that you just want to go get messed up and you just want to kind of like numb, I can kind of be like a little person can kind of come in and maybe like really you in a little bit, get you talking and then maybe kind of like slow down the drinking and help you navigate through some of those feelings. And that's what I try to use. I try to use my bartending skills <laughs> a little bit more of like a therapist if I can. And then maybe I can kind of like, direct people a little bit. I've even helped people like stop drinking. Like some of my customers that I know really well, you can just tell when someone has like maybe PTSD or like um, you're going to see how the, that switch goes off and they turn into a completely Jekyll and Hyde. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of call you on and be like, yo, um, I don't know if we have an issue going on, but you might want to take a, take a break because you're not going to come in here in that attitude. And a lot of people have reached out and be like, thank you so much. And then if they do get sober, I try to say, we can come in and have a soda water with me. Don't feel like you have to have a drink because I don't know, you, there is a thing about socialization. Like, so I think sometimes when you give up drinking, it's kind of hard because you still miss the socialization, mm -hmm. just having conversations with like interesting people or meeting people. So I kind of like, I think that some people still need that mm -hmm. outlet, you know, because it can kind of be a sobriety can kind of be a little bit, um, isolated a little bit because you're afraid to go out into experiences because they could be triggers. So I try to make it a place where people can come out still and, and socialize. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I mean, Oh gosh, I know we've, we've seen it all like, just being on that other side of things too, of, of bartending and, and just, you know, being introspective. I think even now, like now that I'm not drinking and I go out and it's like, you just like kind of look around and, be like, hmm, well, what would, oh, that definitely would have been me. I would have been like that girl that's over there that's falling over or crying. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I would say like I was the crier. If I, you know, if I drank, I wasn't like an angry drinker. I was more of like emotional. The, yeah. Like mm -hmm. the crier and, and all of that. So did you, like, if you could think back to before I stopped drinking, you know, I mean, this was like a while that kind of went on where I was like, I need to stop drinking. And did you like, not feel like I had a problem or did you not maybe um think that it was as bad as it was or um what are your like thoughts like thinking back to when I was like oh man I, I really gotta cut back on my wine or I think I didn't realize that it was as much of a problem as it was because I could tell when I would talk to you when you were like really chatty I would just think that you were like oh I'm in a good and you could just tell you had like this energy, right? But then I would be on the receiving end of the, the oh my God, we had a fight last night or this happened or da, 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 da. And I think a lot of times if you watch like the show Intervention or like you see people that are like really a freaking disaster, I think that's what's really hard to tell if a friend or a family member is in a, in a problem mm -hmm. state because 
um, we have functioning alcoholics. Like they look like their life is put together. And so maybe I didn't realize that I can remember actually when I was younger, I had a friend, um, and when I lived in New York and we went to the theater and she was like, Oh, this is my boss. And she's amazing. And I just looked at her boss. And when I looked at her, I go, you know, your boss is an alcoholic. And she was like, I can't believe you said that. That's so mean. And like two weeks later, the woman enrolled in rehab. I don't know what made me like click in my head. But then when I would look at you, I just probably didn't realize because you seemed like it was pretty put together. And I thought maybe, Oh, well, maybe you just drink too much wine. And then now that I see you sober, I'm kind of, I feel bad that I didn't understand how bad it was because I think sometimes what, what we visualize as someone who needs rehab, it's like a rock bottom or they're like driving like recklessly with their kids in the car or they're just like falling down drunk. And like, I didn't really see that, but I think it was also because you were a little bit like the wine drinker at home. So I probably wasn't seeing it as much because I wasn't seeing the behavior because it was kind of like, and I think that's dangerous for a lot of people because it's, they do it at home and nobody's yeah. watching. And it's like, and I think that that's kind of how at the end, how it sort of changed for me and evolved where maybe there was a point where I was going out more, but I mean, I had kids at this point too. So it wasn't, I didn't have a lot of free time to go out unless maybe they were like with their dad or mm -hmm. something, but otherwise I just did it at home and I, I enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed quote air quotes, um, <laughs> you know, being, being at home because I felt like it was safer. I wasn't, I wasn't out driving. I was in the safety of my own home, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's just when it totally changes and it gets isolating, which I hear women saying that often who come to me and come to my groups is that it, that is how it, how it, they end up going out, you know, or being like, okay, I need to stop. Is mm -hmm. that they're, they are purposely like, they might go out with a friend to dinner and have like one drink, but they know they have their bottle of wine, like waiting for when they get home. Mm -hmm. And so, and then that's all you think about. You're like, I can't wait to get home so I can start drinking. And, um, and then it just, again, now you're not present and you're not enjoying yourself. Um, but, but yeah, let me just try to think of some other like stories that you might, <laughs> that we might have of me, but, um, I mean, I just, I've talked about this before too. I just think my drinking was very different, you know, but even in like the halfway days when mm -hmm. we were bartending together and I'm Oh yeah, you definitely like, you were like, you were like, that's when I thought more, but then I think I didn't see you as much like we were on the phone more. So I didn't really see, but I really think that from our long conversations, I think we did a lot of like, I think one of the things that's great about you and your journey and what a lot of other people don't realize is like, yes, alcohol was a problem. But you and I used to always talk about the whole, like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes mm -hmm. we're drinking because we have an issue. There's something that's missing. So the alcohol fills it or a boyfriend fills it or a relationship fills it <clears throat> or gambling fills it. And I think one of the things for you, I think that you really did a lot of self-work. Like, I think we talked a lot on the phone about a lot of different triggers for you. And I really think that you took pieces at first. You're like, okay, this I'm going to work with this person for this. And you would work with a therapist and you kept saying like, I have this drinking issue. And I remember your therapist being like, oh no, it's not even an issue. And you were getting so frustrated. And then I was just like, I think there's a trigger for being a mom because I was like, well, you know, if you have a problem, like let's figure it out. Because if you go someplace that can actually be used against you as a parent, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy that that can actually mm -hmm. go against you when you're trying to get yourself better or be the best version of yourself as a parent, because I think we normalize like drinking as parents nowadays. Like I noticed a much more uptick of parents drinking around their children than was when I was a parent, like my son's 20. And I think it's very different. Um, it wasn't like 
I think parents in my day, they wouldn't want to drink if they had the kids. They would do it on they went out. But now it's like everyone drinks with the kids around at like a party. It's like alcohol is always at a party. So I think it's really interesting. But I think what has been great about your journey is you kind of like worked on a lot of little pieces. Mm -hmm. And then when you went to the sobriety, it was like that was like the last piece of your right. puzzle. And then once you got that... I mean, I think it's amazing what your life has changed in the past two years. Like, I remember us like doing your first uh, IG live with me when I used to do mine and you like hated even being on camera. And I watch you now, like with your own podcast and like all the content you're doing and running retreats. And it's just like, it's, it's really great to see how when you make a choice for yourself and you actually do the work and you go through the hard stuff and you look yourself in the mirror, what you can accomplish. And I love sharing your story. Well, like customers, like when someone doesn't drink, I'm like, oh, my girlfriend's a sobriety coach. And like, <laughs> I just love um, letting people know that there's a place to go or that there's that you're not alone in the situation. And maybe you'll stop for a little while and you'll go back. Maybe you won't. I mean, maybe that'll just become your life. But I think making people feel comfortable being sober is an important thing. Um, I think especially after COVID, I think we watched a lot of people just become home bartenders. And I think that it mm -hmm. really kicked in on a lot of people and snuck up. And I think that's where we're seeing such a, big boost of like sobriety cocktails or non-alcoholic cocktails and beers and like people having an NA um, whole entire, you know, menu at their restaurants now, which is, which is, it's pretty amazing yeah. to give you an opportunity. Yeah, it is nice. Like definitely to be able to go out and, and see that there's options. Yes. And I just love too, that you, if someone comes in and orders those options that you try to make them feel like not awkward because I even every once in a while still feel like awkward. And I'm like, just give me soda water. Like I'm not going to order something like, how about the time you and I went out and this is, see, I very rarely really do order mocktails. Like when yeah. I go out and Chris and I, we met for lunch one day at like this Mexican place and we both ordered, they had a mocktail menu. menu. Like this menu was specifically <laughs> for mocktails. It wasn't like we just made, took a drink off the menu and we're like, can you just not put tequila in there? Literally this was, a mocktail menu and we both ordered one and mine came and I was like, Hmm, like I took like two swigs, but I could feel it almost like hit my veins. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like this. I'm like, taste this. I swear there's alcohol in it. And she tasted it. Sure. She's like, yeah, a hundred percent. And so the girl comes back over and I think she just was like young and probably doesn't even know what a mocktail is. She's probably wasn't a drinker. So yeah. she definitely doesn't know somebody who would have a drinking problem and why it's so important for them to not give them like right. alcohol right and um because she just kind of it was like oblivious like right over her head um and so then eventually like, i think the manager did come over and they they took like that drink off i didn't really like make a big stink about it but i was like i did i was yeah. like excuse me <laughs> she's sober this is kind of a big issue you need to like train your people better and because it's a it's a hard thing especially when you go to restaurants so i think like you know, you, you hope that the staff is trained properly when they are going to have NA options on there. But I think if you are a drinker and you're going to order something, don't be shy about saying NA. Like, really make sure you're crystal freaking clear because a lot of times people are like, can I have the NA? And, like, and it's like, <laughs> but sometimes you don't hear. So just be very clear. It's okay that you don't drink. Yeah. That Even be like, don't make sure there's no alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, like, be I don't clear. Drink. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think, I think, um, I think it's great that restaurants and bars are stepping up and really trying to be more inclusive for that because I think that a lot of people are really trying to get healthy and a lot of people like, um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because I, I saw a study recently like um, 
about livers and like they were saying that like we really have an epidemic right now not only just with the alcohol but the amount of like sugar that's in our food so if you really add the sugar and the alcohol together uh it's pretty crazy like they were saying that they're having like 30 and 40 year olds now coming in like needing liver transplants so it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy right now when you really think about it and i think Mm -hmm. um we make everything seem um just so easy and it's so hard because I work in the industry and I'm like, here I am like shitting on like the thing that I sell. But like, um, I mean, I do love the aspect of the socialization. That's what I do like about what I do and being a bartender. Uh, you know, I always say like, you know, I'm not really, I don't really care about the cocktails. I really care about the people. Like that's why mm-hmm. I like working slower shifts. I like to meet people and share stories. So that's what I try to bring to it. But um, I definitely think that it's a good conversation to have about maybe, um, how much alcohol you take in, like, you know, like no one ever really tells their doctor the truth, but they sit down in that office, they go, how much do you drink? And like, ah, two drinks on the weekend. Yeah. Socially, <laughs> that's like what I used to always say. And so I always sell that too to like ladies. And if you have to say what you really drink, if you're drinking a bottle of wine, you got to say a drink a bottle. If you're drinking two bottles, you definitely need to tell them that you're drinking that. Um, because which I know it's like super scary. And, um, but if you don't say anything, then people can't help you and they can't, no. So just being honest and, and putting it out there is really important. But Megan, what do you think about like the way that they, they, they market, like the, the way that they market it to like moms? Like, I know like you get like working with women. I think you've done a really good job really helping like a lot of the mummy wine culture moms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how many times I think when you look at TikTok and you see like a mom who's got like this ginormous like bottle of wine with a glass on the end and she's like, and like, you know, the way we, the way we make it seem like it's, it's not a big of a deal. And I think what I always say to people all the time, like, I'm not saying that people can't drink. I just think that what a lot of people don't realize, uh, alcohol ran in my family. So that was probably a decision why I was like, kind of like, hey, you know, if I'm going to quit now, like it's why well, go back to it, right? I don't really need it. And uh, my husband doesn't drink either. So alcohol is not really something that is like around us, which is, which is fine. But um, I think it's kind of crazy the way that they just make it seem like you deserve it or like, um, you know, uh, re- this is a, this is like a relaxer. And I think people don't realize that they have the trigger. Like I always say, like sometimes alcohol, um, it's like playing Russian roulette. You could have a person that just has a social drink or goes out on Fridays and Saturdays, no big deal. Or you could be the person that like you're stashing wine in the back of like your cabinet and you're drinking when nobody's looking, you know? So, um, I think that's one of the things that I think is kind of interesting with what social media has mm-hmm. um, done with it, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. I mean, I I wonder, and I say this all the time too, like, what if wine wasn't like a thing? Like, I get it. We're never going to like go back and be able to like not have it invented. I mean, it's been around forever, but if it wasn't like what it is, like, would, would moms in particular and women be having these like alcohol problems and developing alcohol use disorder if it wasn't for wine and just the whole spin on it that they put that it it relaxes you like I don't know I don't personally because I didn't keep like vodka in my house I didn't keep like liquor in my house it definitely that was more when I went out I would have that and I always called vodka my devil juice because I definitely that would bring me up a whole nother (laughs) level and I'd be making crazy decisions and crazy behavior but at home it was wine it was almost like it was acceptable because it's you know to relax you and all of those things so but the majority of women that do come to me it's it starts as that it starts as like well like them usually like a lot of them not even drinking not being an issue at all until they hit their 30s and they have kids and now and then they start going to play dates and and 
drinking there. And then all of a sudden now it's like they're drinking at home and it starts as a glass of wine. And then now it's like a bottle or two bottles. Um, and now mix that with maybe Xanax that their doctor is prescribing them for stress and anxiety. And now it's just a perfect storm. And it's, it's totally like a huge problem in our society. Mm-hmm. And, and we're totally fooled because alcohol doesn't relax us. It actually, you know, releases stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and all those things and only leaves us more stressed in the end. So it's like a total friggin' fake and big, huge scam that we've all fallen for. So don't feel bad if you've fallen for it because we all have. They're, they were so good. They've spent billions of dollars to do this, to trick us into um, making us, you know, believe that it helps us. So it's, I mean, I could talk for hours about, about that for sure, but it's just, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. But again, I, I wanted to bring you on here just because I feel like you have seen me like at all these different stages and truly, truly definitely helped me so, so much. Um, like I owe you like thousands of therapy copays and everything, but, um, but now you have your, I just want to hear like, what do you have going on? Um, and what's your next step in your journey? Because, you know, for sure you have a, a knack for, for helping people and helping them figure out their lives and like what they want to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you pursue that. So what, what do you have? Cause you, I mean, you had a podcast <laughs> way before I did, I mean, years ago, and we're kind of like on this journey. And then, you know, your, your husband got really sick and almost died with COVID. And, yeah. um, and I know that that kind of puts some things on hold. So where uh what's next for Kristen? Well, thanks first of all. Um I don't know, I've always been like like I said from being a bartender, I think I've been helping people for so many years just hearing people's stories because I always say you don't lie to your bartender. So I hear the good, the bad and the ugly and I think one of the things of why I feel like I'd like to stay in there is because it gives me like my fingertip on like what's going on with people or like what people need help with. Um, yeah, taking that pause with my husband um really made me reevaluate what matters. Mm-hmm. Um I think social media is another one of those things that I could go on and on about, like how that can mess up the friggin' head and um, just being on that journey and trying to build something in the, the pressure we put ourselves on that. So I've really kind of been trying to figure out like, what is my gift and how, how can I help more people? Because I love seeing like your journey, um, just other people that I've, I've like mentored over the years, like just being like a listening ear and a cheerleader and a high five over the bar or a hug when people need it. I've seen so many people change their lives. So I think my goal uh, going forward is I'm trying to um, create a program that's helping people, uh, you know, step into their realness and their authenticity. I know it's a used up word, but I really believe that we have our inner gut feeling. And I think Mm -hmm. when you listen to your gut, and I'm sure that you listen to it more now that you are sober and speaking up, like I remember having conversations about like saying where you want to go out to eat. Like a lot of times women or people in general, be like, I don't know, what do you want to do? And they're like, I really want to do this. Right. And I think when people really say what they want mm-hmm. and ask for what they want, you're happier, right? You're because um, there's such a societal pressure to chip away at ourselves to fit into all these mm-hmm. like groups or these what people expect you to be as a mom or a wife or a friend. And a lot of times we're not really being honest with ourselves. So that's why maybe we turn to alcohol or different things because we're kind of like, we've kind of lost ourselves. So I'm trying to start a program called Roar. Uh, It's a rebel of authenticity and realness. So I'm going to really try to help a lot of people 
tap back into who they really were before they were a little when they were a little kid before everybody told you what you should be. And I'm really hoping to start a journey of realness for people and helping people just really um, be happy in their own skin, being themselves. So that's what I'm working on right now. So a podcast will probably come out eventually. Uh, I have a t-shirt brand coming out. That's going to be a way to express kindness and rebellion in a good way, uh, trying to make a movement and we'll see how it goes. So that's what I'm working on right now. I love it. Stay (laughs) tuned. And as soon as you'll, I'm sure I'll share it once it comes out, but It'll be good, especially if you're kind of just feeling lost and you don't know, you know, where to go, what direction, which is exactly how, how I felt. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm a product of her program that didn't even exist at the time. And um, I'm just living proof that just with the right guidance and the right support and help and, and all in person, you know, positivity and somebody who believes in you that anything truly is is possible brutal honesty um, yeah right yeah definitely for sure yeah sometimes things you don't want to you don't want to hear and but that somebody you know a good friend will call you out on those things and and you know and tell you that so I think that that's something that that's super important but thanks Kristen thanks thank, for having me yeah thank you for being here and hopefully you guys enjoyed this um episode and uh yeah well until next time Bye. Bye.